and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me at narctroopers.com, where you will find a lot of podcasts, a lot of articles about recovery from Cluster B relationships, and even some video blogs and little toolkits of helpful resources. So check it out, narctroopers.com. Today, the title of what we're talking about is called Killing Me Softly. Remember that Roberta Flack song back from years ago? I loved that song. It was in some creepy move me, movie. I think it was called uh, Play Misty for Me. Any of you really know what I'm talking about? It was about a, a killer that was stalking someone. Yeah, he was probably a sociopath, psychopath or something. But anyway, that's uh, the title of today's topic. Um, So we're going to talk about recovery, recovery from trauma caused by a relationship with these disordered individuals. How long does it take for a person to recover from trauma brain is what I'm going to call it. The post-trauma brain most often manifest some form of PTSD, which is generally grouped into four types. Number one, intrusive ruminating memories. Two, avoidance and withdrawal. Three, negative changes in thinking. And four, changes in physical and emotional responses to things. The trauma brain is chemically imbalanced and demonstrates actual changes in the brain itself. Trauma is not just consigned to those who suffer physical abuse. Emotional abuse and psychological abuse often have long-term effects on the brain and the body. Severe emotional trauma causes long-lasting changes in the ventromedial prefrontal cortex region of the brain, and that is the part that's responsible for regulating emotional responses to various triggers that are processed through the amygdala. Brain scans show that people with PTSD, that these symptoms and behaviors are caused by biological changes in the brain. So there is actually physical proof that dispels the idea that trauma victims are just overly emotional, dramatic, reactive, or reactionary and maybe even histrionic. It has been a little over a year since I was discarded suddenly, and I have yet to regain my footing. I remind myself that it was nothing personal, and that his departure was simply the third and final stage in the cycle of narcissistic abuse, which is idealization slash infatuation slash golden period is the first stage, Number two stage, devaluation, and the final stage being discard. But the abuse had always been there from the very beginning. I just couldn't accept that reality. Surely my narc and shining armor couldn't really be a dragon or the monster. And let me just put one little insert here. Uh, This is not about claiming an identity as a victim or naming a perpetrator or, you know, assigning blame. 
you know, in these um, dysfunctional relationships with cluster B people, just let me say, uh, I certainly uh, have accountability there too for my part in that uh, relationship because a normal neurotypical person would not stay after certain boundary violations and betrayals and weird aberrant behavior, a normal person who didn't have the issues that I have would have been long gone. So clearly there was something wrong with me as well as him. He had a cluster B personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, which is clustered with narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy. And I had my own personality disorder that came from like attachment disorder and abandonment issues and unhealthy boundaries and, and things like that. So, you know, it takes two to tango. Um, I certainly um, am culpable for my part in that. And I think if we look at this through the lens that after we have tangled up with a person that has this disorder and after we have been pretty much um, annihilated from that relationship, well, it's a great opportunity to turn inward and start doing the healing and the repair that needs to happen to make ourselves whole so that we don't repeat this pattern with another mentally disordered person, you know, (laughs) I've done it three times in a row. And um, so every adult relationship in my life was, it followed the same script. It was the same dynamic, every one of them without exception. And that's tragic. You would think that, that I would break that pattern and learn from it. I think it had to get bad enough to pretty much destroy me in which case then I was forced to start over and turn inwards and try to start doing the hard work and the examination of what is it exactly going on in there that makes this keep happening. So many people who suffer from narcissistic personality disorder or one of these antisocial personality disorders, they're unaware of what they are and why they do what they do. I think that's the majority And I'm sure that there are some higher level, higher, like the grand narcissist who does know, and they are more psychopathic, sociopathic than they are just straight narcissists. And these things do come in clusters. You can have comorbidities. You can be more than one thing. As long as we're like sticking, affixing labels to things, you can be more than one thing. So, um, You know, I think on the high end, if they're cognizant of what they're doing, they have other stuff at play. But your regular mid-range narcissist and your lower-range narcissist, they don't know what they're doing. They just know they have to do it. Um, Any regular neurotypical, well-adjusted person with healthy boundaries wouldn't tolerate this abuse that ranges from very subtle and insidious, passive-aggressive, covert things to very overt, obvious, dangerous forms, violent outbursts and all of that. You know, not all narcissists are created the same. They don't all behave the same. They do all go from the same script and have certain common denominators, but there are different types of narcissists. They are most often emotionally and psychologically abusive. 
So my disordered partner of 16 years had a regular pattern of something called triangulation. You need to spend a little time researching that one. This triangulation took different forms, excessive porn use, cyber sex, blatant flirting while I stood there and watched, fascination with girls that we would encounter everywhere we went, inappropriate relationships, actual cheating, and even criminal acts. In between these boundary violations, immoral behaviors, and transgressions against me, things would seem pretty wonderful. He was not one of the raging uh, ones that lose their temper. He was very sweet, and, um, and, and it was fun, and there was laughter and play and comfort and joy and just everything as it should be. Only a person who suffers from their only from attachment issues like myself and addictive personality and abandonment fears and childhood wounding would tolerate this kind of mix of pain and bliss. You know, most people would not stick around for that. No matter how great the good part was, the bad part would be a deal breaker. And he was the epitome of kindness. He carried his weight around the house contributed to our financial well-being, did thoughtful, caretaking things, shared the chores, spent quality time building a life with me that felt like everything I had ever hoped for. A gentle, hardworking, sweet person who was loving and helpful and such a perfect, uh, apparent perfect match. Until he wasn't. And then the next transgression was committed and then that it goes in a cycle. These episodic ups and downs, good and bad, juxtaposed day and night scenarios are called intermittent reinforcement and comprise a torture strategy used to brainwash and break down the um, source of fuel, the, the victim, the target. It's how Stockholm syndrome happens. If you fall in love, you know, with your captor and your tormentor, that's what that is. It's like being in a cult. And the craziest thing about it is how they can completely destroy you without ever raising their voice or lifting a finger. That same cute smile that took your breath away is the same smile that stands over your body in the end. Bloody, bludgeoned, beaten beyond recognition and left for dead. My ex would sit beside me sometimes, and I remember he would play his guitar and play the most soothing and beautiful music, and at times when the love was just flowing back and forth between us, it was almost palpable. At times like this, I I didn't feel that knife that had been plunged into my chest that was just dangling there. In the end, it felt like music to die by. Um, So now, over a year later, I am so weary of the tremendous effort it takes just to get through the day. For the longest time, we never seemed to notice that there was an age gap between us and that there were other things that were changing. But, you know, we were just simply two people that we just worked on so many levels. But as time passed, with each betrayal, I began to unravel more and more and become more distant and protected and wary of what was happening so that after the discard oh man I felt like I aged 20 years in a day 
I suddenly felt ugly and useless and undesirable and broken and all of these horrible things. I lost hope. I felt unloved, unwanted, like I was dying with each breath. And so it wasn't any of the other external factors, um, not even the dynamics of the marriage, the age difference, the socioeconomic cultural differences in the beginning, none of those things. What it was, uh, you know, because there were some very real foundations, but that none of that mattered. It was the personality disorder that made it necessary for him to seek new fuel after damaging our marriage in so many ways. It's like he poked a thousand holes um, in things and we were just sinking slowly to the bottom of the sea. It was inevitable. And again, if there had not been something wrong with me, uh, then, you know, people don't stay. Only people who have some things that they need to work on that are internally uh, needing repair, only the, those are the only people that hang on no matter what, thinking that they can fix that person or that they cannot live without that person, that they're just going to die or cease to exist without that person. That was me. That was me. So a year later, I'm still tormented, tormented by rumination and memories. Um, I'm in the home that we built together and and, um, you know, I rarely sleep. Um, it's been 380 nights since I have had a good night's sleep and went to bed before the crack of dawn. It's crazy. Um, so there are real reasons that all of this is horrific. Friends and family don't understand what's happening. What is this phenomena? What is this PTSD trauma complex reasons, you know, all this, why can't you just have a speedy recovery and move on? Um, they're just not capable of taking this journey with you. It's scary for them too. And they don't understand it. It may di be difficult for them. You know, they, they may react with judgment or ignorance or impatient or impatience or lack of support. But and really, the truth is, it may just be too much to expect them to understand something that is unimaginable. It's just unimaginable. So traumatic memories are formed after an experience that causes high levels of emotional arousal and the activation of stress hormones. Stimulation of receptors during these times strengthen the memory and they make it sticky. We talk about that in education. You want to make your lessons sticky. You, they, they need to have that quality so that they stick with your uh, student and that they don't forget it. They remember it forever. And that's what they do. The brain is severely impacted and trying to manage it and get past it. And it's a formidable task to say the least. So when you try to heal after narcissistic abuse, you must know that you have suffered brain damage. Physiological changes alter actual cells, structures, and pathways. Chemical, neurobiological changes and imbalances make it impossible to control addictive, obsessive ruminations and other things that are going on that are not good. It's not just a broken heart. It is a damaged brain and a destruction of your inner core and all of your energy systems. It is complete whole body and soul annihilation. 
It's a victory um, that you are even still breathing, right? I mean, under the circumstances. Healing from trauma and addiction takes time. The pace of recovery is different for everyone, and everyone's response to trauma is different as different therapies work for different people in different ways. Regaining a sense of wellness and peace may take months to years with individuals who have experienced ongoing chronic abuse and intermittent reinforcement. In the aftermath of my destruction, I've made a new friend. It's not someone I met in a support group or church group. It's not someone from work or someone I met online. Ugh. Nope. It, you know who the new friend is? It's the little girl that was so wounded so many years ago. It's me. It's little mini me. I have kept her bound and silenced in a dark corner all these years, decades, all these years. She's been terrified absolutely living in abject fear of being abandoned, of disappearing, or ceasing to exist at all if someone wasn't there to make her whole. Of course she doesn't trust me. Why would she? I have ignored her and muffled her screams. But now, now I have to learn to be complete without another person, without attaching to another person. I have to gain her trust and prove to her that I will not let her be hurt again. You know, she doesn't believe me. She stands in the light now, shaking her head, resisting the truth. She's out of the darkness, but she's not having it. She's like, oh my gosh, really? Now you're going to start paying attention to me? The truth that we have to be okay by ourselves is the most important thing we can remember here, that we can survive without anyone else, that we deserve to be loved, that we cannot allow anyone to ever hurt us again. That's a very important part of all of this. So we are moving forward hand in hand, she and I, learning to befriend one another and be complete without depending on someone else to give us that illusion. We will protect each other and learn to stop being terrified and afraid. There is so much fear and distrust, but it's time to finish this. Time is running out. Isn't it funny how you can know exactly what to do and why you need to do it cognitively, rationally? You get it, but you're still unable to get it done. Hopefully, in the days to come, she and I will figure out this thing and make peace with ourselves and with the world around us. Happy healing, everybody. Let's stay on the path. We're all going to get there. Thanks. 